You're listening to a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Marks. And we want to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. Now, here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks. So, Mike, tell me, tell me what, uh, if you had to pick one thing that you notice out there watching games lately, what, what would it be? This could be anything, you know, a, a pet peeve or something, uh, you know, really outstanding, something very positive, something negative. What, what would it be? I think a little bit like we touched on last week, Ron, to me it's evident and it's, it really shows up now. Defenses are totally different now. You know, they're much more complicated. Uh, they're much more multiple. You see a lot of different coverages. Um, uh-huh. A lot more pressure packages are, are coming after them. And, you know, I, I think that uh, that part of it's changed from being so simple at the beginning of the year. And that's why the numbers were so high as we talked about, you know, all that man coverage and yeah, you know, you get good receivers on a great corner. You're going to win. I mean, just you got no help. You got a free safety there, but a good receiver should beat a great corner. He should, you know, and that's kind of what happens. You know where you're going if you're efficient, and quarterback gets the ball out. And but now they become much more multiple, and and you can see the passing numbers. I was just looking at this this morning. The passing numbers. There's not many now that are up over 300 yards and you know at the beginning of the year it seems like everybody had a 300 yard game you know so right right the, the numbers there are down a little bit more and i think that there's a real big trend towards rushing the football now which i think is really good yeah yeah well you saw that what the monday night game there dalvin cook you know they shut him down in the beginning but like all good running backs and good run teams they stick with it zimmerman stuck with it stuck with it stuck with it and then even with a big one he had called back he still ended up at uh, just under 100 yards. So for all intents and purposes, it's a 100-yard day, and you get the win. Yeah, and, you you know, you're pounding them with 30 carries. I mean, nobody yeah. does that in the NFL anymore. And and now, you know, you just you slow the game way down. And what they did is the offensive line with Chicago is, is just awful. There's no pretty way of saying that they're just awful. Mm. And uh, in that situation, and he's not a guy that's quick with the ball. So what do you do against a guy like that? He just blitz the heck out of him. I mean, you just – they have no running back. They got a converted receiver at running back, no offensive line, and a quarterback that's going to watch a pass rush because you know he's going to get lit up. You know, so they're, they're just no, they got no chance. They just yeah. got no chance. And he's a veteran guy. You know, if he you is. just give him a little bit of help, he's going he's gonna to do pretty well against most defenses he's played against. Well, he Talking should. About you, Foles. The um, only thing that he's just not very quick with the ball now. He's just. And he, that's never been the case. He kind of wants to hold it. He threw a dig in there, a deep turn in, a deep in run by the wide receiver. And that ball should be caught out, you know, just past the numbers as the receiver comes inside. He, that ball was caught in the middle of the field and the safety came over the top and knocked it away. I mean, that's why it can't be thrown there. And that's it's just a late throw. So yeah. I don't know whether it's familiarity or not trusting the receivers, which is a big deal. So Yeah, um, that's what it feels like to me. More yeah. more of that is than anything else. Not really sure where they're gonna be sometimes, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But he um he didn't look good right now. Of course he, he got injured last night. I don't know what the injury was, but oh, um, boy. the Bears the Bears got a problem. 
the Bears are now defensively. To me, that was the best performance this year I've seen of a defense. I thought they were just ridiculous against the run. I mean, they just and then of course when uh, Hakeem Hicks went out, they were totally different. Isn't that yep. something? A deep, an interior lineman, and if people would just look at him and isolate and watch a game, he can control the entire offensive line. I've never, I can't remember when in, I've seen an interior lineman uh, uh, like that. Maybe the, what's his name from the Vikings years and years ago, but I can't remember his name. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you had uh, you had um, uh, Henry Thomas and you had John Randall. John Randall. John was Randall. To come yeah, up he with, was yeah. acting a fool down in there for a while. Yeah, yeah. You know the guy. Now that you mentioned that, the guy that I think of uh, that that really controls the game is uh, Aaron Donald for the Rams. They, yeah, there, and, there you go. There's another one. But I tell you what, when you watch Aaron Donald, yeah. and you watch when Hakeem Hicks has got it going, when he's got it geared up, <laughs> holy cat! Did you see what he did to some of those guys inside? It was. Oh, oh no, I've seen obscene. it for a while, and he's he's a big man now. You know, we're we're talking oh. pushing three forty on up. And what is he six six or six yeah. five or something like that? Yeah, no, he's a big. You know, it's funny. I, my my son was pulling up uh, his stats as we're watching the game. Uh, you know, he 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 started off here in the states going to school, and then he ended up uh, for whatever reason having to go to uh, Regina up in Canada. So really? that's where, yeah, that's where he ended up coming into the NFL out of. And you don't, you don't see a whole lot of American players, you know, out of, out of high school or college, whatever you want to say, go to college up there and then get drafted back down. That, that doesn't happen a lot. It, it's happened, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen a lot. No, so that's, no, it doesn't. yeah, so that's, that's the deal on him. But yeah, he's, he's a big guy. And, and you know what the Bears knew, Mike, they knew, they knew what they had to stop. No, no question. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they knew like like all good teams, you come into a game, right? And so you have to stop when when you play the Vikings. It is you have to stop. Which uh, up to that week, I know that uh, Henry had jumped in front of him uh, uh, stat wise as far as the leading rusher. But for all intents and purposes, he was the leading rusher. You know, before the week started, so they they knew they had to stop that guy and and. <laughs> they did a great job up until the end there. I think one of the biggest differences between he and Henry for me as a coach as I watch him is he has a stop and go inside. When he, when he sees something, he'll, you know, the change of direction, not so much a jump cut because they both do that, you know. Yeah, jump cut, right. He has a change of gears in there. Henry's a beast. You know, he gets that ball and he'll blow it up and, and he's really a good player. But yeah. for me, he, he just kind of – he all of a sudden stick his foot in the ground and come back all the way back and then make another cut. And, uh, and he's always going forward. He doesn't bounce it, you know, and, no. and that's a, that's a big deal to me. He's a downhill guy that has terrific vision and he's, he likes playing boy. You hand up a back 30 times. You hand him the ball 30 times. That's a heavy load in the NFL because those aren't, those aren't tackles. Those are serious collisions, you know, from that bear defense. So it's, Hats off to him. I thought I thought he was. I, the other performance in that game is Cousins. I thought he was probably one of his best games. The interception just went out of in and out of Thielen's hands, but yeah. I thought he was exceptional against the best defense in the league. You know what do you have like uh, uh, two hundred ninety yards or something with a couple TDs? It's yeah. pretty hard to play better than that against that defense. Yeah, he doesn't get a whole lot of pub either. I don't. 
you know, maybe that's a winning thing, but you don't you don't hear his name like you hear some other guy's name, like like Corderell Patterson with the big return. It, you know, that was that was a big moment for them that that kept them in the game in which otherwise was a, obviously a pretty low scoring, typical NFC North type game, if you ask me going back yeah, a long time. But you yeah. know what? If, if they'd gotten down there and got touchdowns instead of the two field goals, that's for, you know, that's a. That's, that's eight points. You know, that's a right. whole different ball game then. But you're right. And Patterson, you know, when you look at this is the problem that the Bears are in. He's their return guy. He's their receiver. He's also their running back. <laughs> the running back. back. He's everything. You know? I mean, he's what, too much. If yeah. he goes down there, really big trouble. They got nothing. So yeah. I you know, that the roster there in in you know the business side of it says that more than likely you know, probably close to 80% or better of the money is on defense. And, you know, that's what you get. Yeah, Nowadays, yeah. Yeah, I can remember a time when most of that money was was on offense. But it, it's, I guess it's cyclical. And, you know, the Bears now 5-5. Five and five, So all is not lost, but I'll tell you what that's done. That's moved the Vikings up to 4-5 and five, tied with the Lions for, you know, uh, third and fourth in the division. So Vikings right about now got to be feeling – pretty good about themselves considering just a few weeks ago they were looking at a two and five uh and it was it was not well, looking good so well i think they've done a, just a great job on on winning games you know they've yeah they've such a great mix with their passing game and their uh running game and yeah. they're and they're a physical team on both sides of the ball they've got some issues on defense they've got a lot of guys hurt like everybody does but for them to win and get into the playoffs they've yeah. got to sure up that special team because they're awful on special teams yeah, just really bad. Yeah, that's right. You know, he went off on the sideline. The TV showed it. You know, on the when on the kick return. It, yeah, yeah. The they kicked it to him, and <laughs> you know, I've been there before. I, I won't tell you that. who it was, but I had made. Uh, we had just gone ahead in a game, and we, every one of our kickoffs, Wilkinson was, had kicked it through the end zone, and so we had just gone up by uh, one point, and all we had to do was like thirty seconds left is just <laughs> kick it through there, hold them, and we win, right? They had one timeout left. So without my knowledge, the special teams coach decided he was going to squib it down there so they can't get a return. Oh. And he missed the squib because they don't practice it. So they picked the ball up and ran it back to about midfield. They throw one pass and complete it. Yeah. Call timeout, kick a field goal, we lose. Yeah. So that, you know, those are the kinds of things special teams coaches – feel like that they live on an island out there and you got to take a boat out to talk to them and see them sometimes, you know, and and they, they have their own little world and that communication, obviously I I've experienced that. And when I asked the coach that was there, I said, why would you do that? He said, well, that's what you do. I said, what do you mean? That's what you do. That's just special teams wise. When you're protecting a lead, you squib it down there. So there can't be a return. Okay. Well that, yeah, that was uh, most likely that was the special teams coach Marwan Malouf. You know, he got an earful from Zimmerman. Uh, but then a few plays later, the uh, uh, the Bears drop a punt and give it right back to him. So, you know, he 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 got a little bit of an attaboy on the plane ride home, maybe. But uh, the biggest the biggest attaboy, you win the damn game. That all I, all I know right now this morning, if you said Patterson to me, start twitching. <laughs> yeah, know, so, and, yeah, and that's I'm sure. Zimmerman just kind of knowing a little bit about him. That's not going to go away easily. That there'll be a 
exactly number of conversations about that. That will and not we, happen again. And we'll yeah we'll 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 talk more on on this as we uh, talk about the games and break them down. But I, I want to get your thoughts on that last play from the Cardinals, and I've definitely got my thoughts on how to defend that last type of play. And, and Tony Dungy made some really interesting points on uh, you know on the NBC Sunday. Sunday night show that that was I thought was key in the studio so we'll we'll talk about that but Mike we got to get to these these email questions the listener email questions and we you know we're starting to get some really good ones come through and I just want to say thank you to everyone that's spending the time to to shout out to us and let us know how you feel because uh, this 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 helps us we we enjoy this so first question from Eric in uh, Vienna West Virginia there's a lot of talk about referees this season. Holding didn't seem to be called much in the first half of the season. Is that because the NFL has mandated that the players should be allowed to play? Or is it like the players, the referees, are working their way into the season having had no preseason? Interesting point. Well, I think there's probably concerted effort by the league to be a little bit forgiving on just because of circumstances around the season itself. You know, there hasn't been a lot of practice time coming into it. And they're going to be a little forgiving in the beginning on some of these penalties just because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. nobody's played, right? right? And towards the end of the season now, they're going to get back to probably, you know, what should be called and, and be more uh, specific with some of these calls, which is the right thing to do. And I, so I think that's probably what's happened. I think it is a, a conscious effort by the league and the officials to – you know, probably clamp down on some of that stuff, which happens. Um, you know, otherwise, it it you know it becomes uh, you know problematic for everybody. You're going to start losing games because of it, and it's no question now that they and there were legitimate calls in there where they just started wrapping them up. I've not seen so much holding in, in football since I've been associated with football ever than the beginning of the season. The, the holding was ridiculous. Uh, for quite some time, they need to call it because it's just not right. And that would play to the point of, okay, you didn't have preseason, limited uh, practice right. time, yeah. the correct type of practice They're going to be so forgiving it initially anyway just because the things are going to be sloppy. Well, here's my point. It seems to me when I watch an NFL game, and this is my pet peeve, that the game is stopping a lot. It is. And it seems like there's too many penalties. I'm, I'm really tired of – all of the penalties, and I get the whole premise of let's get it right, but do we need to spend 45 minutes of review time and going back and forth to get some of these things right when they should have been picked up the first time? Well, that's a hard question because you want the game to be you know, done in the right way, and if, if it, there's a lot of penalties, it's obviously it's not the official's fault, but you know, you've – got to be more disciplined, you know, th- those kinds of things. But the reviews on the camera, you know, I don't know what, the, you know, this is always going to be problematic because, you know, TV doesn't like it either, right? You know, they want those you games You would think, yeah, 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 right. So it's not something that TV is, is, is excited about. It's just something has to happen. That's just the way things are. And you just uh-huh. got to deal with it. But I'm with you. I think if they just 
threw out a bunch of those commercials, they'd probably speed it up too. Yeah, well, I know the officials are now spending more time in the weight room. Boy, I, I'm looking up, and these guys got huge guns, and they, they've done a, a, their share of uh, you know Schwarzenegger <laughs> bicep curls because they know they're on TV. So that's part of the problem, I guess. Anyway, hey, hey, let, let me let me just say this: when they start putting making ball, and then I'm not watching it anymore. Then we're yeah, I'm done. Right, and we're getting to that point. It's going to look like the mask singer here in a minute, but so far we're uh, we're surviving it. All right. Uh, John from Salt Lake City, Utah. What's the role of the players on the practice squad? My nephew was on the practice squad for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I never fully understood if that means he was an understudy or if he role plays, uh, quote unquote, uh, scout for the opposing team offense defense as the opposing team during practice or upcoming games. Well, it's both. You know, that's the role. the The most important role is to mimic um, your opponent that week in the, the best possible way. And on some of the bad teams I've been, the, those players could care less about it, you know, and they're not held accountable. I, I was – I used to run a lot of the scout team myself. i get the cards in there and, you know, try and be involved some – because they've got to know that you're watching them. Now, they're obviously going to be put in a position to not have success on some of these things, and they have to understand that. Just – do what's on the card to the best of your ability, you know, mimic the play the best that you can. And uh, that's the way you're helping us. But on the other, by the other token, you know, uh, you have to prepare yourself to play because you could be elevated too. So you can't be asleep at the wheel. You know, you still are in the meetings and you still prepare to, to be brought up and, and be a player and, and be counted on. That's happened uh, a number of times for us. And so it's a, it's a hard deal, but, uh, the the difference isn't quite so much. You can look at the card and say, "Oh, we have that play," and then you just call the play, and you just block it the way we do, kind of a thing. So, but the hardest thing is for the quarterback because a lot of times defensive coordinators will circle circle where, you know, they want you to throw the football. And the quarterback comes back, and there's three guys in there, and they want you to throw it in there so they can pick it off. Well, you know, my my point w- there would be. You know, no, nobody's going to do that. The quarterback's not going to do that. You know, he's going to get the ball over here. So we used to let the quarterbacks come back and hit the open guy, so to speak. So the hard, it's hardest on a quarterback trying to develop than anybody. Kurt Warner, when he was a scout team guy, the year before I got there, this is why Dick liked him so much. He completed everything. And we were good on, we were good on defense then uh-huh. before I got there. They were eighth in the league, I think, before I got there on defense. So, but, all, you know, all he did was complete balls, drove the defense nuts. But that's going to make you better, too. Yeah, no, it will. So I've always felt that was hugely important. And I was a former, you know, scout team player. You come into the league and, uh, you know, you're not a first, second round pick. You're, you're going to play on special teams and you're going to play on scout team. But that's how you get on the field. My play as a scout team player got me on the field, you know, for sure a does. lot of, right. For a lot of reasons, effort wise, the, the, the intensity, they love that attitude. And listen, if you're busting up leather, I had a coach come to me up in Buffalo. He said, listen, you know, you're not playing right now. This is my rookie year. He said, but if you're busting up leather on guys like Jim Kelly, seems to me, we got to rethink whether or not you should be playing. No question. No <laughs> and we, and we understand my practice is practice. Yeah, okay, it's not the same, but still, it's the principle. If Jayon Smith is going up against Derrick Henry, those two got to make each other better. If Jalen Ramsey is going up against Robert Woods, those two got to make each other better, et cetera. 
You know, I had a couple of receivers like that, Dane Looker and Mike Furry. You know, they, they kept yeah. showing up on the scout team and making these big plays and these great catches, and we found a way to get them on the roster and play them. Found a way, absolutely, yep. And our last question, Jim Engel from Xena, Ohio. And he asked, this is for you specifically, so I'm going to shut my mouth and sit down. Lots of old guys are under center as quarterback this year. Talking about Tom Brady, 43, Phillip Rivers, 38, Drew Brees, 41, Ben Roethlisberger, 38. Would you take on any of these quarterbacks as you built a team? And if so, why? At this age, he's he's referring to. You know what? If if we had a really good offensive line, if we were good at wide receiver, absolutely. Um, I think Tom Brady's a great example. He goes down to Tampa Bay, and they're good in the offensive line. They've got some receivers. they got talent to where he can have success. What you don't want to do to an older quarterback is is uh, put him in the Bears right now. You know where they can't protect him. Can't he doesn't. Him, he doesn't have a running back to offset things, and you just you have no chance for success. So you're not. You know you're just kind of putting the nails in the coffin for the poor guy. He's going to get injured. You know it's just what happened yeah. to Foles. You're just going to get hurt. So I think uh, yes, but I would asterisk that by saying just make sure that we've got the pieces that he needs to have to be successful before you do that. Yep. All right. Three good questions. Folks, please keep these coming. We love this stuff. Uh, kind of puts us on the spot, and uh, we, we always like to be on the spot. All right. Eric from Vienna, uh, West Virginia, John from Salt Lake, and Jim Engel from Zena, Ohio. Appreciate it. All right, Coach, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Run It Again after this message. Courageous is a word that describes America's veterans. Sadly, another word we can use is homeless. During this crisis, many veterans are living on the street. You can help. Donate at CardboardToHeadboard.org. My name is Tracy Sandler, and I'm the host of Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast, a weekly podcast that highlights women who have made a significant impact in the sports industry. Every Thursday, I sit down with one of these amazing, successful women to discuss their professional journey and any advice they have for young women who aspire to follow in their footsteps. This week, I am joined by Senior Vice President of Marketing for the Philadelphia 76ers, Brittany Boyd. Brittany shares her four pillars of success, the importance of being intentional, and the importance of thinking a step ahead. She also highlights collaboration over competition and just how imperative it is to know your worth. This episode is filled with tangible advice that everyone can start using today, and it's a lot of fun. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. Welcome back. Here's Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Mars. Be sure to join them every Tuesday for a new episode of Run It Again. Okay, Mike, let's talk quickly about the standings here. And we, we kind of covered the NFC North just briefly there, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out west here. And, uh, you know, so you got three teams that are now knotted up at six and three Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, and that's the order, okay? Uh, the 49ers four and six, you know, they're, they're down at the bottom for now. And I, with all the people they have on IR, it's hard to, to tell whether or not they'll do anything, but this Cardinals team is very interesting. And, and that win, uh, that they pulled off against Buffalo probably shouldn't have happened, but as we know in this business, you don't get that. What if the woulda, coulda, shoulda, it doesn't exist. You, you, you lost a game, you lost a game. So tell me where you think the Cardinals 
are as a team? Do they have a, a shot to win this thing? Or they haven't seen the Rams yet. Uh, they're going to see uh, the Seahawks this week up in Seattle. So right about now, we're going to find out who's who. Well, from the very beginning, the thing that shocked me about the Cardinals is how good they were playing defense. You know, they've, yeah. they've done a really good job on defense. And then the other part of that is from what they do offensively, it's really hard to, to me to be physical and run the ball, but they are. And I like watching them and studying because it's so different, such a different running game that I'm familiar with. So I'm, I'm learning from them. And I think that uh, the quarterback is a little hot and cold. Uh, he's got some real miss to him at times, but uh-huh. you know, he'll miss some simple throws. He'll get better with that. But he, the plays he can make, he puts, he creates such a dilemma for defenses. It's different than Michael Vick. He's a better passer. He's he's just quicker. He just he can't corral him, so to speak. And so you have to be different on defense to contain him. And then when you do that, then they start running the ball. So good defense, good on special teams, and and they're different on offense. That creates problems. So they're, I'm looking for the Achilles heel. They're really playing well as a team right now. There, there really aren't any chinks in the armor. It just kind of yeah. – he's a short, very short guy. So the only way – Tyler gotta, Murray. Yeah, yeah. you've got to tim him in and squeeze the pocket. I would tell the guys this. Keep him in the pocket and squeeze outside in on it. Don't let him outside. And the guys up front, the two guy interior guys – Yeah, that's right. Is yeah. get a push, and, and as soon as his arm starts, you, you knock the ball down. And we used to do that. You know, you – Yeah. Don't worry about sacks. Just worry about containing him and, and squeeze the pocket because he is short. And that's that's the only thing you can do with him. And, and once once he's let outside there like he was at the end of the game, you know, he's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm looking at their defensive numbers, Mike, and they're not one of those teams that are, you know, one, two, three across the board in, in, in terms of stats. You know, they're kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, like total yards per game, they're 18, and then rush yards are 17, blah, blah, blah. But they play well as a unit, and they're winning the games that, they're so, that they need to win. And that, that's, a, that's the, the main point, I think. They do, and, and the, the thing that they haven't done is stupid stuff on defense. You know, like having a third and five and get called for holding, yeah, you right. know, some of that stuff. And they're multiple right. enough on defense that they create issues. So right. I, I think they're – how good are they? I think they're pretty good. Um, I think they're a playoff team, obviously. And uh, how far they can go, yeah, I don't know. You know, it could be because there's still some unknowns about them. But in that division out there right now, probably the strongest team physically is – or, the you know, the Rams. You know, they're yeah. – that's a, that's a big deal between those two teams. The, the team that's – have you ever done pull-ups and you're up there and you did your last pull-up and you're you're slowly slipping off that bar, you know? Yeah. That's where the yeah. Seahawks are. They're getting ready to fall off that bar. They just yeah, not right. they just can't stop anybody. They, and no running game now and it's all on him and he's trying to do stuff he just shouldn't do. So they're in trouble up there. I, I don't see them making it. Um I think it's LA and, and the Cardinals and it'll be a tight race for them. Yeah, and you know they'll try to muster up something uh, against Arizona this week because they know they have to because they got them at home and they, they they traditionally they feel like oh this is a team we can beat but we'll we'll see. And- but you know what, Ron, I, it's got a chance of being the, like one of those New York life insurance commercials with him. You know, on that defense <laughs> running around, guys diving at his ankles, and he, you know he could go crazy up there real easy. So I just don't think 
Seattle's any good on defense. They're just bad. You know, there's no nice way of putting it. They're awful. And these guys are kind of on fire right now. It's going to be a hard game for Seattle. Yeah, yeah. I love that analogy. They better raise their deductible. Maybe lower it. I don't know. The Rams uh, Rams just still feel like you know, one of the, the, the solid teams in, in the division. And, and and we'll see. Like I said, they've got to go back to Tampa. They are. Just, you know, uh, but the, here's, To me, Ron, the Achilles for the Rams, they do what they do. They don't really change much. They get nope. some gimmicks every week now that are really good plays. They do some stuff that's kind of interesting. But ultimately, they're going to run that, that naked. They're going to do the hard, deep play action stuff and yep. pound the yep. rock. And you just got to go back and do what New England did to him, you know, in the Super Bowl. You've got to, you know, contain that. At this point, you shouldn't get those nakeds, you know. Um, and that's why they're just – they're not real flexible with what they do. They're really good at it. He's a great coach. But I just don't see – the and the quarterback is not good versus blitz. He hasn't been. So We saw it again, Mike. You're right. Yeah, and you're talking about the bootleg play action. Yep, because, see, that keeps a clean pl- pocket for him. What I notice about Goff is the minute he gets touched or the minute he thinks he's going to get touched, ball starts sailing, he starts missing the mark, and things start to unravel. And then you'll see McVay jump back into the run game to get him right until they can yeah. fix the protection issue. Yeah, I think you cover the inside three guys and go after him. And you yep. know, that's Yep. That's right. Cuz he's not going to bail out there real good. Um it's just not when he's comfortable, they're hard to beat. You just got to make yeah. him uncomfortable all the time. Yeah, and I didn't even think Seattle was good at what they were trying to do that was getting pressure. You know, they got the the hit, the sack, the fumble there, Jamal Adams. But Mike, he just came he came late off the corner in the edge. And luckily, Goff was holding the ball long enough, but it wasn't like a great timed-up no. blitz. Yeah, no, and, no. and it wasn't like Miami when they walked eight up and said, we're going to zone dog you. Now you pick which guys are coming and which guys are dropping. And that's the difference today than from the beginning of the season on these defenses. That's Defenses are creative now. You know, their guys are in it. Yep. and they, You know what I mean? So that's where the game's really changed. So mm-hmm. I think that for him and for the Rams, what they don't do – is they don't do two minute, you know that's just not who they are, and w- th- that's why they want to be in third and manageable down. So that's why I've always felt like they just don't play well from behind. They, they it's hard no, for them. You're right. They got to stay within their tempo, run the ball, and do all that. But if they get behind late in the game and they got to get quick scores, that that's just not something they can do. That they've been very good at. No, they're a, they're a ten point team. Meaning, they're, if, as long as they're up by 10, this team is completely different. The defense plays different. Uh, they're, they're a hard team to beat. And I, I, feel like, I feel like some teams, the offense sets the tempo for the entire team. Once the offense is playing better, then the defense plays better. But I think it's reversed with the Rams. When the defense is playing great, it seems like now the offense gets their energy from them. It, you, you saw the the Jalen Ramsey thing going up against DK Metcalf. And I've, I've got a, a, a issue with that uh, in itself. I thought that uh, Russell Wilson, even in man coverage, should have uncorked the ball and throw it and give big man a chance. He looked over there. I, I looked at the film, the all 22 coaches film, Mike, and there were probably a, a, about three instances where uh, Jalen and, and DK are running step for step down the field and he doesn't throw it. He goes somewhere else. And it just made me think 
wonder what's his confidence level now? You know, where, what's Russell thinking about? Yeah, that's odd because you get that matchup, you're going to make that throw. Any quarterback's going to make that throw. So I, there are some things he did in that game that just scratch in my head, some really bad mistakes. But, you know, I, I, I can't understand why he made that throw in the end zone. He could have run for a touchdown from the 30 there, wherever it was. Oh, yeah. And he breaks yeah. in, he sees him in the corner. Then he puts this loop blooper up there that anybody could pick, you know, and yeah. said, if you're going to make that throw, put it on a rope. And it, it just didn't make any sense to me, you know, and I think he's, he's scrambling now. He's not, he's, he's trying to play outside of his, you know, former self, so to speak, and do stuff yeah. that he's never done before. And he's feeling the pressure because he, right now, if they're going to win, it's gonna, it's in his, on his shoulders, and that's not a good position for any quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, and and uh, no run game. He he didn't have Carson. He didn't have Hyde for the third week straight, I believe, and that's that's not good. So uh, we're going to keep an eye on that. They uh, they could be sinking fast. Uh, NFC East. Uh, I'm not even going to spend time on that one there's just a bunch of teams knotted up there at three and wins and two wins and the giants somehow got the eagles and that's typically the way it goes back there but i will say let me just say this about the giants and i've been tooting their horn a little bit but i just see them getting better every week and it's starting to reveal itself now they're on a two-game win streak etc but the quarterback this was his best game this year no no dumb throws and he rushed for about 60 yards. He had a real solid game. And uh, they're, they're not a real good team, but they're good enough to win that division. Yeah. Yeah. NFC South, Saints, Buccaneers, it's, it's their division now. Uh, but the Saints have, have two on the Buccaneers. They've doubled them up. So, really, you know, the Buccaneers are, are, uh, are further back than, than just a tie at seven wins. Well, you know, Drew Brees is, you know, without him, they're a different team. And they, right. That's a good point. Yeah. And wow. so, you know, going into the next, he's with broken ribs and a collapsed lung. They say he'll be back to two, three, three weeks. Uh, I, I don't know boy. about that. You know, yeah, I mean, at that age, at that point, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, so yeah. we'll, we'll have to see about that. But over the next three weeks, the Bucks get on a roll here. And I don't know what their schedule looks like, but if they'll play like they did last week, I don't know who's going to beat them. No, you're right. You're right. So AFC East, Buffalo keeps trying to make it interesting by losing games. Uh, you know, maybe they should have won. Maybe you know, what, whatever. That was a good. That was a good, uh, good matchup and, and a great play by Murray at the end. Uh, but now the problem is in their rearview mirror, the Miami Dolphins, with the help of uh, Tonga Vailoa, are six and three. They they are one game back, if you can believe that, from Buffalo at seven and three. I still think you know. The whole that game doesn't get away from. He has two interceptions in the fourth quarter that were just bad, and he reverted back to where he was two years ago. And and uh, he doesn't make those stupid throws, and they were bad throws. Um, they win that game. Yeah, that's who they are. They're letting him play, which is good. They got to keep him clamped down. Uh, they have to run the ball better. Um, you know, get back to what they were doing there in terms of running the ball a little bit. But he's still yeah. such a threat there, you know. I still think they win that division. I think they go a long way in the playoffs. Yep. AFC South, Indianapolis now. That was a big game last week, uh, Thursday, uh, taking on the Titans. And they, they were able to, to hold down Derrick Henry enough and, and force some turnovers 
to uh, to win the game. Were you surprised at all about Philip Rivers? He looks very efficient. Well, no, and you know we talked about this before the season even started. I think one of the questions from one of our listeners is how, how long will it take Philip Rivers? And I felt like it's going to take him about six weeks before he's you know they're used to him and he's used to them, so to speak. You know, in terms of the receivers and the passing game and. What I didn't know is it was evident early in the season though is how good they are in defense. You know, now that well, things are starting you know, to that's cl- a defense there. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I had no idea they're that good. I mean, they're really <laughs> re- I don't know what their numbers are or where they are in the league defensively, but that was I mean, they've been come every week they show up and they, they're really playing well and it's let that offense grow a little bit. And that that's a team that we talked about last week the teams that are coming down the stretch now in the last half of the season real strong, and you'd have to put them in that group. Yeah, no, they're they're uh, before that game they were like one three three across the board. You know, one in total yards, one against three against a rush, three against a pass, that type of deal, and they played like it. So that's uh, well. We'll Think about this. Think about Philip Rivers with the Chargers and. It's kind of like what Russell Wilson going through up there. You know, they, he's if they're going to win, he's going to have to be magic man, so to speak, right? So yeah. now he can just play as one of 11 instead of 10 plus one, if that makes sense, right? So he's just got to be efficient. They win, you know, if he's yeah. efficient and doesn't do anything dumb, which he's not going to do. You know, he's I really like this guy. Yep, yep. The uh, the Steelers nine and zero controlling that division and Baltimore helping things out by losing to New England. New England uh, still trying to hang in there four and five. So we'll see if if Cam can turn the corner, so to speak. I don't know if this is a a, a consistent yeah. thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think the thing with Cam that bothers me to this day is he's always held the ball a little bit, but he's really holding the ball here. He's yeah. it's like, he's afraid of screwing things up and that's never been his mantra. So to speak. he's always been aggressive and he looks like he's, he's a little bit timid about where he's throwing it and getting rid of the ball and might've been one of the best jobs of coaching this year with Bill did in that game and how well they ran the football and patient they were. And Interesting. You know, that was pretty yeah. impressive to me. Yeah. So AFC West, uh, Kansas City eight and one cruising along. Raiders doing their mask on, mask off deal that they you know they've done for so many years. Well, they're six and three. They're they're sitting pretty comfortable in second with no one chasing them. They beat up on Denver, which didn't surprise me much. And Denver's at three and six. Chargers. Oh boy, that uh, we were talking a little bit about that. They're they're just it's just not there right now. A lot of issues. The players have uh, I watch them play. The energy's gone out of that room. You know they're they just play right now. They're just it's somehow some way they've got to reach those guys and get them energized again. Because right now, as I watch them play, I I had to turn the channel. It was hard to watch. They're just not competing very well right now. Yep. And Pittsburgh nine and zero, big bid. <laughs> you know, I'm watching that game, Mike, and uh, you know they they uh, they they got to the young fellow Burrow like they're supposed to. But I still think Burrow is, is pretty damn good. You know, he he looks good. He he, you know, it looks like he doesn't make the same mistake twice. And if he sees something that gives him a problem, he he looks like he can handle it the sec second time he sees it. But Pittsburgh just plays that same old Pittsburgh Steeler football. Ben, it doesn't look pretty. It looks slow and lethargic. But Ben steps up, and he seems to go the right place with the ball every time. You know, he 
<laughs> they still bounce off him a little bit. You know, he's like Superman <laughs> yeah. back there. I mean, I don't think yeah. people really understand how big a dude this guy really is. I mean, he is a You're big right. guy. And, yeah. yeah, he stands in and makes those throws. Without him last year, they were totally different, obviously. So they're, you know, they do such a great job there. Um, they've got a hell of a run going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, before we leave this, uh, the standings and games here, and talk about the, the games coming up. I, uh, I promised talking about the Cardinals in that last play, and I don't want to forget this. So my thing on the Hail Mary type of play, Mike, is this. No one seems to jam receivers coming up the field. And every time I've seen a Hail Mary caught, whether it's one of Aaron Rodgers' deal or it, it's, it's this deal you know, with Kyler Murray going uh, to DeAndre Hopkins, Every time I see the play successful, all receivers have been allowed to scream off the line of scrimmage untouched. Yes. Well, that, that's, buried, that's married to something else. Here, here's, what, here's what I used to ask our guys to do. You want to get guys a line on the, on the, in the goal line down there. You got to have three guys back there or whatever. Yeah. But you got to rush four. You can't rush three. You got to rush four. And you, those guys are – you got to box him. You can't let him get outside and buy time. That's a big. That's kind of a Wait, which is what he did. Yep, yeah. you're right. And so they yep. they blocked it as a dash play. So he gets the ball and as a play designed where he where he runs to the side and they block it that way. You can't let that happen. So you got to get the ends up the field and not let him outside because that's that's where disaster happens, right? So, yep. and like you said, you've got to jam those guys as best you can. But here's here's the dilemma. Here here's the to me. This is, you know, Ronnie Meeks, great secondary coach, and this was his deal. And I learned something from him that you've got a big receiver like that. When you you see the picture on online of there's three DBs and they're all going up and he's going up and all of them have got both hands outstretched, both arms straight up in the air trying to catch the ball, right? Right. Well, for Ron, he'd never let that happen. So what happens is you how when you jump up to touch the rim of a, the basket, right, you're going to jump up and try and touch it with one arm, right? Yeah. Not two. And yeah. that's what he taught. He said, you've got to get as high as you can and knock the ball out of there with oh, one Oh, and you hand. can get higher just trying yes. to go up with one yes. arm than you can yes. without a question. And you want to get your arm between the receiver's hands and swat out. Does that make sense? No. So, in other right. words, when you go up there, you want to have that arm go up between his arms and swat out, and they practice that stuff. But to go up and try and high point the ball, if I'm a corner, I'm 5'11", and the receiver's 6'3", and you're going to go up, you're both going to go up for the tip. You're going to lose. You're not going to win. And all three guys around there could be six feet, and the guy's 6'3", or 6'4", and he he jumps higher than you do. You could have 10 guys there. He's still going to make that play. Yeah. So I just think that's a coaching thing myself. And you have to work that stuff. I used to watch Ron do that. And he used to teach that on fades in the end zone too. So in other words, if you've got a giant receiver, you can't out jump him and they're throwing fades to him like Jerry, they used to do with Jerry Rice. So what happens is you run and then you go up and you put your hand, your arm between his two arms and you swat out. Yeah. You separate his hands from the ball, right? There should be a designated guy. That that does that. Just like for a while, they said, "Okay, you you go. You're a jumper. You go up for the ball, and you go up for the ball." And then they would take another DB and say, "You are the tip guy. You make sure that a ball that's deflected 
doesn't get caught by someone else. And you had two of those. All right. That, that was one way to, to try to do it. But as soon as they got in a position, to your point, where it was three DBs, and it didn't matter if it was four, but you guys are all going up at the same time with two hands, I knew it was trouble. And as far as jamming the receivers, maybe I don't have to get a jam per se. I got to redirect. I've got to somehow break up the timing from that receiver and that quarterback. And to your point, Mike, Kyler Murray took off, dashed outside, and there was a DN that looked like he was going to make him go back into the pocket. And, you know, he juked him and ran back to the sidelines and then just launched it. And that, that was the difference. Well, the throw he makes on the sideline, it was just ridiculous. I mean, it's just, I don't know how he did. He contorted his body, and then he put it right on the money down there. I mean, that was Right, just, he's right. He's rolling left. So yeah. as a right-hand quarterback, he's got to open all the way up, torso to the, the pursuit, and then let it go. <laughs> so there's, there's – but, you know, it's a two-headed snake here. You know, the, you got to jam him, and you can't let him outside. And that's easier said than done with with a guy like that. I get that, but yeah, you know, I would rather rush four or even five and put pressure on them and put guys on the on the uh, end zone on back the there. Oh, then yeah. you know what I mean. Put four back there, stand on the line. Then, but to to get to that point, that's the other thing that we haven't talked about defensively to be in that position because they they were moving the ball down the field and it was like oh we got this thing one they're celebrating and. You know, it's the same old thing. There's nothing a prevent defense does but prevent you from winning. Prevent you from winning. I think some coaches get overly concerned about interference too. That's another one. And, you know, in the NFL, interference, spot of the foul. Okay, so – but still, you know, they still got to line up and run one more play. I I, I think you have to – like you say, you got to bring four, okay, then you've got to line a guy up over each receiver and make everyone jump. That's going to take another second or so off the timing of the play. I'm going to do as many things as I can to screw up timing. That's well, here, here's the other thing. You know, you know, at the end of the game, for a guy like him, for a guy like Rodgers, you have to do it just a little bit differently. I think yeah. you have to have somebody accountable for the quarterback that when he – Breaks contain like a linebacker. You leave him there. And as soon as he breaks contain, you release him at the quarterback. You know, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean, like right. a spy. But you a spy, spy with a linebacker, and you just do with one less back there. That's all. You know, and they're sitting on the go, go line back there anyway. What difference would it make? But I think with a guy like guys like that 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 will break contain, that are going to break contain, I think you spy the linebacker. As soon as he breaks in, you just go get him because there's nobody out there to protect him. Because, yeah. you know, let's face it. I mean, it's hard to contain that guy, you know. No, and, no, and that's, so, that's understandable. But if you yeah. scrape somebody, if you scrape the DB on him, you know, I would take one out of protection just to keep him from buying time and throwing the ball down there. And I think that's just in general. But the whole deal comes down to you got three DBs there in the receiver. You got the best receiver in the league. He can jump out of the building yeah. practically. and. So you have to high point it, not with two hands, but with one hand. You've got to get as high yeah. as you can to knock that ball away. And then coaches were, were afraid for so many years, don't tip it, don't tip it. So you they told to them, it. they tell them now to go try to catch it. Yeah, well, you see how work. that works out too. I'll, I'll tell you this, bottom line, I, I tell, I told coaches that I've worked with at you know, the high school and college levels that asked me about this stuff. 
I say when that ball goes up, it's a 50-50 ball. Just know that. And all your planning, all your, your, your thought processes, when that damn ball goes up, anything can happen. And that's, that's proof on it. So, all right, Mike, we're going to run through uh, next week. So we talked about Arizona, Seattle. I'm looking now. I, I, I don't see, I don't see anybody that can give Pittsburgh a problem. They're going to Jacksonville nine and oh, one and eight. If you're, if you're Pittsburgh and you're Mike, Mike Tomlin, how do you talk to this team? Dallas. They just say Dallas. Remember what they did down in Dallas? Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. just about got their butts handed to them in Dallas. They went down there not ready. And Dallas yeah. should have probably won that game, you know, and uh, that's all you got to say is uh, just think about what happened down in Dallas. We can't let that happen as a staff and players. Yeah. You know, when you put the silks on and you put that uniform on, you know, there's a certain level. There's a standard that we play to. We cannot play below that standard, mm-hmm. period. Uh, Atlanta going to the Saints. Now, the Saints will be without Drew Brees for quite some time. So this will be uh, Jameis Winston going back in the mix here. Good old Jameis that uh, Bruce Arians said, well, if I could win uh, X amount of games with him, I can win with anybody. <laughs> so this is this is Jameis's chance to you know put it back in some people's face and show, hey, I, I can be the guy. Um I don't know. Atlanta playing better. Are they playing well enough to get them? Well, the quarterback definitely is. Yeah. Uh, they've. I think they've played a little better on defense. They're still not very good. Um, but I think containing uh, the running back from New Orleans, I, I think that's the number one issue. Uh, he just makes too many plays. Kamara. Oh, I think boy. Kamara is probably one of the top five offensive players in the league right now, in my opinion. Yeah. I, do, do you think he's the best running back in the league or just – or, or should I say offensive personnel? I think he is one of the best running backs because he does so many different things. He's so explosive. You know, he's just so doggone explosive. And he, he can get inside too. You know, he's not afraid to do that. He, yep. He, he reminds me of Marshall with some of the things that he does. He's He's yeah. got such a great burst to him. He scares the heck out of me. You know, if I was on defense, you, you better take him away somehow. Yeah, you're right. See, I, I always I – always was bothered by guys that had that kind of insane quickness that could put his foot in the ground and get his foot out of the ground faster than I could. Yes. You know, those are the guys that tear ligaments. Well, he makes guys look like, like, you know, they got their feet glued to the ground. You know, he's just saying, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's an incredible player. Yeah. Yeah, He's something else. Now I'm going to find out if, if Cam has really starting to get it now, they're going to, to, to Houston to take on, the Texans, they've had a lot going on this year, obviously, with all the changes in the coaches and so on and so forth. Texans are two and seven. Patriots four and five. I, I see this game as a push. I think <laughs> excuse me. I think the I think New England goes down there and just beats the hell out of them. Think so? Okay. I do. Because I think that the the Texans are are uh, right now at this point they're thinking about Thanksgiving and their Christmas <laughs> presents and whatnot and and uh because they've got interim coach and yeah, they'd like to play for him, like to see him get hired. But, you know, I've I just seen that too many times. I yeah. And I think that, you know, with that win up there, there's, they were so physical in that game. And their running game, I thought, was absolutely perfect, what they were doing. The gap schemes, which is – I love, like, the gap runs. You know, the downhill pull guards and stuff, double teams. 
you know, the power running game that they got going right now at New England, I think is outstanding. It's going to help him. It's going to help the quarterback cam. And, you know, they're, you know, they're not asking him to, you know, do something that's really complicated or different for him. And I just, he's just so tentative right now. He's planning not to screw it up. And I don't like that. I just don't mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Eagles at three, five and one going to the Browns. Browns still looking pretty good without, uh, without Odell six and three hanging in there. This feels like the Browns will, will, will take care of this one. Well, I think the buy really helped them. I think they had a bunch of guys heal physically, particularly the quarterback, you know, maybe, Mayfield, I think he's better now. Baker's better. He's healed. His ribs are healed. He played better. Um, I think that team is very confident, and they're very physical, and they're just trying to figure out ways to to win the game, whether they run the ball or throw the ball twice. Doesn't make any difference. They're gonna. They've got it going on there pretty good. I like that team and where they're headed. Uh, two six and three teams: Tennessee and Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, everybody's mad in the locker room and this and that. I, you know, I think uh, Lamar is figuring out that last year isn't this year. I, I agree with you 100%. And I think that uh, they're kind of doing the same things with him that they did last year. And, you know, that tape goes around the league pretty good. So <laughs> yeah. they've got to change some things, and they haven't. They just kind of keep doing the same things, uh, a little bit like what the Rams do. Uh, and they kind of get him in a situation where he can be creative at times, and that's not a good thing. You know, you want to mm-hmm. button him down, so to speak, and, and uh, you know, that, that'll happen just naturally with him. He's going to take off with the ball, but, you know, the, I just don't see them change. I haven't seen them change from what they were doing last year at all offensively, and that's problematic. Yeah, like you say, that tape circulates. Uh, they're just not going to let the MVP walk back in here and do exactly what he did last year. No, they're going to. No, it's just like all right, exactly. All good defense are going to take him away first, and then make you beat him the other way. And they've got to get back to pounding that ball hard, you know, and and controlling the game. But uh, you know, with that part of it, what did Dirty Harry say? We're not going to just let you walk out of here. All three <laughs> yeah. of us are going to take care of you, me, Smith, and Weston. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, Dolphins, ugh, boy, they better be loaded for bear when they go into Denver. I just got a weird feeling about this one. I, I you know, I, I just don't think Denver's going to play bad two weeks in a row and, and you could get a snowstorm out there in Denver. And mm, I, I don't know why I have a weird feeling about this one. From Miami. Well, I just don't have any confidence in Denver's quarterback. Look, I, I, he played I better. Either. You know, he had a real good game in terms of yards and whatnot, but the decision makings, yeah. they just, He's kind of been hit or miss all season long. I just think that uh, Miami's going the right direction defensively. They've got so much confidence, and the quarterback is just—he's playing good. Two is playing good, and one of these games he's going to just take off and have one of those holy cats. You know, he's going to have one of those games. He's heading that direction. Yeah, short week for the Vikings, and they'll get the Cowboys at home. Uh, Quarterback wise, I guess Dalton is. starting to practice again but you know that's that's a, a weird setup or they, they've been through a quarterback audition the last couple of weeks well if they get Andy Dalton back and he and he's healthy and he plays then I think it's, it'll be a, a tough game for the Vikings especially in a short week like I think that. so yeah short week yeah I think so and they've got some yeah. problems in the back end now they've they've got some guys injured and you know they've they're not a. They've been kind of spotty on defense, but uh, yeah. 
I with the way Cousins and, and and the way they run the football, the way they're playing right now, um, that's a tough offense to play. Yeah, and it shows you how important one receiver can be to the other. I think when Diggs was there, it it opened up a lot of things for um, for Thielen. Yes, no question. But, uh, but I, I tell you, the kid I like, I like this Justin Jefferson. Isn't he something? Man, he's yeah. fun to watch. And my, he, I didn't, you know, he, you talk about Isaac Bruce and how he could eat up so much ground and he could do that, you know, in his first 10 yards off the ball. I see that in this kid. He eats up a lot of ground in, in, a, in a few steps. It, you know, it's funny you said that. That's exactly how I felt about him when I watched him. He has that stride. Isaac had such a long stride, but it was a quick stride. So, I mean, mm. he got into gear mm. immediately, and then he yeah. could keep that stride in and out of cuts, which most guys just can't do, but he yeah. can do that. Now, that's what I see in this kid, too, Jefferson. I think – and he's just got so much energy to him, and he's he's just making plays. They're, you know, that's a tough offense right now. The two of those, Thielen and, and, and he, are, are really problematic for any defense when you look at, you know, how well they rush the football. Yep. Green Bay at 7-2 going into the Colts now. And uh, that that's going to be a good one. The, you know, we talked about Indy and how smart they play, and the defense. Mm, this one could give Green Bay some issues. Yeah, I think the Colts win this one. I yeah. really do. I, I yeah. think I think Green Bay, if they can get back in and start pounding it like they did at the beginning of the year, uh, I think that that's their best chance. And then take some of the pressure off of Rodgers because. That's a real live defense there now. They're going to make it really difficult. And, of course, you know what I think of the quarterback there. I think he's special. But, you know, I think uh, right now Indy's one of those teams with that big red arrow headed up. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I uh, going back to Indy and Green Bay, uh, there's a guy on Indianapolis's defense, Grover Stewart, number 90. Doesn't get a lot of pub. You know, maybe it's because of where they are in the country or the rec. I don't know. I mean, they're, they're playing well. But this guy, he takes care of the middle of that field, Mike. And you know how you were talking about how important uh, that inside guy is, that big three technique or, or even nose tackle is to stop in the run. Well, that's what, what this guy is. He's, he's a nose. He'll play a shade right over the center. But he just – he pushes the line of scrimmage back. He controls the center. You, you know, when you get a real good one up there, after a while that center starts getting a little twitchy and the sn- shotgun snap starts going off to the left and on the ground, stuff like that. Well, that, yeah, uh, and, the, and the thing that happens like Hakeem Nix does, yeah. it forces a double team all the time. Protect, all the time. Protections yeah. and in the running game. And they can't – and when that happens, he eats up two linemen. That means that the linebacker is free. And that's the value. You know, he may not make a sack and he may not make the tackle, but what happens, the linebacker is making 20 tackles, you know, because they can't get to him. That's right. Covers up the linebackers, then they can run. Well, that's that's the perfect defensive scheme. You want your linebackers to be able to see things, everything's clean, run and make plays, and that's how it's supposed to work. You know, Ron, here's another tendency in the league right now. Because of all the passing in the last few years, linebackers are built differently. Sure. You know, I mean, they've gone from road graders and, you know, the big, you know, the the bigger, more physical linebackers to these quasi-safety hybrid types, you know, that can run like crazy. They're smaller. Yeah. And now with people starting to pound the ball, like New England did, for instance, now they're getting knocked out. They're pretty good. And that's uh, that's probably, that's that's hard. That's why it's so important. For to have those inside two guys to gobble up double teams to let those guys fit 
and make those plays. That's right. They used to look like Dick Buckus and Matt Millen. Yeah. Now they look like Cheyenne Smith at Tennessee. 5'10", 5'11". Two bills, but can run and slip blocks and chase everything down and play the, the pass very the, well. That's, the problem with that is when you start going downhill like people are starting to do, that's fine in that shotgun running game. But yeah. when you start putting tight ends and, and fullbacks in there and put lead blockers in there, you start knocking them out of there, and that's uh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. That's what their offense does to people with Derrick Henry. They'll load yes. up on two tights, and and we're gonna find out who the real men are. Uh, so, uh, you, the Chiefs. We'll, we'll go back to this one. The Chiefs and Raiders. The Raiders. Uh, you know, Andy came up this week. He got mad because. I guess the Raiders have this thing that they do after a win. When they get on the bus, instead of just driving straight to the airport, they do what's called a victory lap around the stadium. (laughs) I can only imagine the look on your face and and what you would say once you heard about some crap like that. Oh, I'd never (laughs) mention that. You know that, Ron. (laughs) What in the world? Oh, okay. John, you know, Andy, John, as John, as, you're right. as classy as Andy is, you know, Andy said, you know, we 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 just we don't do that kind of stuff. You know, whatever they want to do, fine. We just take care of it on the field. <laughs> well, when you know, when we played Miami uh, in '01 at our place, you know, we were both undefeated. They were, and they had just shut out a really good John Gruden Raider team. Mm-hmm. They just shut them out. So they, they came into our place, and I won't tell you who it was, but one of the players said, when they asked, how are you going to slow down this 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 Ram offense? And he just kind of snickered, and he said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Once we get him into the stadium, we're going to lock the doors and throw away the key. Oh, and that was your stadium. Your that was our place, stadium. yeah. Oh, so, boy. Well, you know, oh. you know what happened. I mean, obviously, we just yeah. beat the hell out of them, but – yeah. And I didn't have to say anything. I just walked in front of the guys and held up a key. I said, I got the key to this place. <laughs> and that was it. That was, my, that was my talk for the week. They couldn't wait to get to the stadium. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. That's, yeah. a, that's what's going to happen in Kansas City. You just, John, what's the matter with you? Why would you do that? You know, I just oh, don't get it. Gosh. Yeah. So that's 8-1 uh, and one, taking on 6-3 and three in, uh, in, in, Oak, in uh, excuse me, Vegas. So we'll see how that one goes. And finally, the Rams and the Bucks. Mm, Rams, Rams had, had enough uh, back east trips this year. Gone back to Buffalo, went back to Washington. Uh, so now they got to take on the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. And uh, mm. I think this is the game of the week. This is the one I want to watch beginning to end. This would be a fun game to watch. This is going to be a a big time game. Uh, Two really good teams going at it. A little bit like the, uh, you know, the Buffalo game here um, last week with the, the Cardinals. I think this is going to be like that. It'll be a slugfest out there. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. No. Two quarterbacks. Two people with offenses that think a lot of their quarterbacks and their offenses. So some egos on the field with this one. Definite big egos. You know, you got uh, A. B. on one side for Brady and Gronk, and then you know the Rams. Uh, you know they 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 have no shortage of swagger you can but you, but can you know something obviously the bucks are really good on defense but this is uh in big games big players show up as you know and this is one of those things brady will be at his best done you, you can bet that you can bet the ranch on that so the thing that i see in this game is if they get out early on, on la it's so hard for la to come from behind this is not who it they sure are. is yep 
Yeah, and that's that's going to be the key. They have to do that. And, you know, Tampa Bay's defense plays well enough at times to, to give these guys a problem. I, I see that sometimes. Sometimes I don't see it. But but in general, I think they've, they've played pretty well lately. You know, Ron, I think two weeks ago in that awful game that they had, I, I just think that they fell asleep at the wheel as a coaching staff. I really do. I, I just think that they when they went into that game, they were not prepared for what they saw, and they got – they didn't adjust very well. They just did not give their players a very good chance to win that game. With with the Saints. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They got right. out coached. I, I, yeah. And Bray's not going to say that. I can say it, but they got out coached. Yeah. Yep. That's right. All right, Mike. Always fun. Yeah. It's uh, that went by fast. <laughs> hey, man. All right. Hey, now you can now you can get back out on the course and uh, you know work on that uh, that master stroke. Yeah, right. I got to put that one to bed. You know, something about overswing and swinging too hard. I don't know. All right, buddy. Talk but I will tell you this, Ron. Oh, I'm yeah. starting to wear two pairs of socks now. You know that. Uh oh. Just in case I get a hole in one. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll go with that. In case you skip one across the water, right? Right, right. Yeah, uh, that's right. I have faith in you, brother. All right. All right. Thanks, Ron. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Like what you're hearing on Run It Again? Well, let us know by leaving us a review on Apple. It's time to turn the mic around and hear from you, our listeners. Got a question for me or the coach? Well, just send us an email at runitagainpod at gmail.com or leave a comment on social media at runitagainpod. Be sure to join us next Tuesday as we answer some of those email and social media questions and... We'll discuss the impact of the Drew Brees injury. Don't forget to visit us at runitagainpodcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. Be safe and stay healthy, everyone. Run It Again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz is a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ed Maloney, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at Run It Again Podcast.